this week. I thought the snow was done. I guess I may not be correct on that. So I decided I'd get my truck out and wash it off and uh, get all the mud and grime off of it. So I got it out and got my pressure washer out, started pulling on that cord and got nothing. But pulling on that cord, got nothing. And I pulled and pulled until I finally got it to work, tweaked and made it work and get me through washing my truck this time. You know how sometimes in life we've got those things my lawnmower blade. Got a riding lawnmower and, boy, I just kept going for a while. You'd see the spots you miss, so you just take a couple extra swipes because we live on gravel and gravel gets in our yard so our blades get messed up and so that's kind of what happens. And You know how sometimes we're just satisfied with just getting by? Like as long as this thing works, I'm just going to keep using it. And if I can put some duct tape or I can make it work so I can get something done, I'm just going to go ahead and do it for right now. Um, the other thing I thought about was the shower heads. I mean, the water here is like hard as can be. You know, I'm talking about your shower head. Maybe we're the only ones, but, you know, you get in the shower and they're squirting this way and that way and you got one stream that comes down. It's just enough to get your hair wet and wash your body so you're completely content to let that one little stream come down when you bought this nice rainfall shower, but you're just happy that one's working. Have you ever helped someone with their computer before? where you got on their computer and it wouldn't hardly move, like it took it five minutes to get to the login screen. You typed in a password and then it took it ten more minutes just to get to the home page. You know what I'm talking about? Like, And you're thinking, why are you satisfied? Why are you comfortable with what this is driving me crazy? I mean, I feel like at times, in my notes I put, we become comfortable with compromise or complacent with the subpar. Like, hey... <laughs> It's still working. It's still going. It might take me 35 minutes to wash my hair, but by golly, I've still got a stream of water and I'm going to make it work. I might have to go back and forth with my lawnmower 16 times, but I can get the grass cut if I go at right the angle. and My pressure washer will work sometimes if I just am faithful enough and pull the cord enough times it'll work the way I want it to work. And so we're just satisfied. I don't want to be comfortable with compromise. I don't want to be complacent with the subpar. I want to read a story this week. It's in the Old Testament um, where I feel like we were in men's Bible study and we actually read these verses in men's Bible study this week and they really grabbed my heart. Something about these words just grabbed a hold of me and, and, and I knew this is the message that that we had to share this morning, Malachi chapter 2. I'm going to pray just God continues. God, we thank you for what you're doing this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to be here today. And God, we pray for your word to accomplish its work in our lives. You say your word is living and active. We believe it is. And so God, we pray the word is alive this day. Help us to hear it. Help us to receive it, God. We pray for distractions to be removed. We ask, God, that we can focus upon your word. Spirit of God, we give you the liberty to speak to us this day. We lay ourselves before you. God, I lay myself before you. My thoughts, my words, my notes, I just ask that your will would be accomplished in Jesus' name. Amen. Malachi chapter 2, and now this admonition is for you, O priests, if you do not listen and you do not set your heart to honor my name. 
says the Lord Almighty, I will send a curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have already cursed them because you have not set your heart to honor me. Because of you, I will rebuke your descendants. I will spread on your faces. Now, think of this. The awful of your festivals. Now, this is a tough God message right here, right? I mean, I'm going to spread dung is what it says in another translation. That's poop on your face. God, you're not allowed to talk like that. You're supposed to be more dignified. Because of you, I will rebuke your descendants. I will spread on your faces the awful from your festival sacrifices, and you will be carried off with it, and you will know that I have sent you this admonition so that my covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord Almighty. My covenant was with him a covenant of life and peace. And I gave them to him this called for reverence and revered me and stood in all of my name. True instruction was in his mouth and nothing false was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness and he turned many from sin for the lips of a priest ought to preserve knowledge. And from his mouth, men should seek instruction because he is the messenger of the Lord Almighty. But you have turned away from the way and by your teaching have caused many to stumble and you have violated the covenant with Levi, says the Lord Almighty. So I have caused you to be despised and humiliated before all the people because you have not followed my ways and have shown partiality in matters of the law. A lot going on there. And the words that grabbed me that I want to get to today, the words as I, as I read these verses was the idea that God is speaking to the, to the priests. And I'll talk about what happened in Malachi chapter 1 because that lets you know what he's saying when he's going to spread the dung on their faces because that's kind of important. But the reality, I'll give you some background on it, but... But the fact that God's instruction was to set your heart to honor God. This morning I want to look at the idea of setting our hearts to honor God. Because what's happening? So Malachi chapter 1, just a, just a brief summary of that chapter. If you want to look in your Bible and make sure pastor's not telling a story, that's fine. The people are wrestling and they're saying, God, do you love us? Like they're saying, God, I don't think you love us because they're dealing with stuff, right? If you don't want God to answer a question, don't ask him because he's going to be honest. So we get God's honest answer to the people in chapter 1 of Malachi. And what's happened with the people is they've begun to compromise the sacrifice. So they're still functioning as they, they, they feel like the law has set them to function. Remember, we're supposed to bring the best offered to God as a sacrifice. That's the, the act of praise. That's where forgiveness, all that stuff comes through. And, and what they've done was they've begun to lose sight, miss the mark, not function the way that they're supposed to function. So all of a sudden, we'll just use some names. Casey decided that, that his sheep, his prize sheep, his best sheep was too good, and he had one that was born, and it had a little bit of a limp. It was a little lame in the hip, and, and he thought maybe it was better. I mean, I'm offering a sacrifice to God. 
So I'll bring the one that's got a little bit of a limp. And, and so he started to bring not his best, but something. And then he brought it to Pastor Steve. And Pastor Steve can see this, this animal's got a limp. I can realize it's not the very best, but because I know Casey and I, and I love Casey and, and Casey's a strong supporter in the church and Casey's doing this and that. That's okay, Casey. We'll go ahead and do it this time. So Walt sees that Casey only had to bring his, his limp sheep in, and he says, well, I can do one better now. i got one that's blind in two eyes and can't walk at all. I'm just going to carry that one to the altar. And he starts bringing his in. And so what's happened is compromise has come in to the function of the church, the experience with God. And the people are saying, why are we dealing with what we're dealing with? And God's basically like, because you've defiled your worship. Your worship, it's defiled. And what do you expect? What do you expect to experience in this? And, and I believe he's holding the priests accountable in this message because they're the ones responsible for the sacrifice. And so he's looking at them and he's saying to them these words, Set your hearts to honor God. The words speak action. They speak something intentional. He's going to verify what I read. It's good. So no one knows that I'm lying. Appreciate that. There's something about setting our hearts. The word that resonated with me, because it's kind of a church word that's going around right now, is it's kind of like recalibrating, refining, tuning up, realigning, just oiling, greasing, whatever, making sure that things are going well. There's something about action in that moment. When we were talking about it in Bible study, Greg shared a testimony with me, and he said, you know, Pastor, it's kind of like... Uh, when Kathy was working uh, during, this, during the week and we'd have Saturdays. And a lot of times, Saturdays get busy and there's brandings and there's things that are happening on Saturdays. And he realized that Kathy valued Saturdays because they had them together, but at times there were other things that could come up that he could do or that he was needed and he could help and he could be a good person, but, but his wife was feeling neglected Kathy's nodding right now. She agrees, so it wasn't a lie. That's good. And he said, Pastor, I came to a point where I had to set my heart. Like I had to say, Saturdays are for us. And what I loved about it was he even continued in saying, you know, it was, it was more than just saying it because he said he quickly learned that as they would be together on Saturdays, if he mentioned the branding that he was missing, he could tell that Kathy didn't like the fact that he was still at the branding even though he was at the table. That was a little bit of an illustration, but that was what he communicated. You see, there's something about setting our hearts to honor God. Like when I got up this morning, we came to church, right? We, we came to, why did you come to church? Did you come to church today? Did you get up and say, man, I'm going to honor God. Like my intentions, my thoughts, 
my desire that, that I'm going to honor God today when I come to church, that I'm going to experience Him, or was it, man, I get to check this off, and then i got the rest of my day to do. If I just get done with church, then we can get on with everything else. You know, there's something to being intentional with our hearts. This word set. When I looked it up in, 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 in a Hebrew dictionary, the word that they use for set, there were some other places in Scripture where they used the word and the word was interpreted in ways like plant, to place, to appoint. There's something in the action. It's very active. It's very, again, the word I used, intentional. In other translations of that verse, it says resolve to. Make up your mind. Take it to heart. Lay it to heart to honor God. This morning as we look at this message, this morning as, as we're gathered together, my challenge for us is to wrestle with our functioning, to wrestle with our alignment, to wrestle with, with how we're, we're going through what we're doing. And maybe we're, we're, we're resonating with that lawnmower blade that cuts sometimes, but, but not all that times. Or maybe when we think of our lives, our spiritual lives, we look like that shower head that's squirting left, right, and shooting one little stream down the middle. And the reality is that God is speaking to us today that we can set our heart that means you're going to do something that's going to require not just saying it, but doing it. That's going to require not just saying it, but, but, but allowing yourself to be fully immersed in what you're doing. So you're not sitting at the table talking about the branding, but you're experiencing your wife and you're doing what husbands and wives do at the table. He said, set your heart. The word heart. The same understanding that Mark chapter 12 writes about. Jesus replied, this is the most important. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. That that word in, in, in Hebrew, when he said, resolve it in your heart, it's speaking of the inner man. That was what was within you. All of this. It's not just this little ticker thing in your thing or the emotion thing that drives you, but it's, it's the connotation that, that Jesus is speaking about in, in Mark, where he says, love with all that is within you. Your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. There's something that when we set it all, like we recalibrate it all. We make sure it's all functioning. You know, there's times where my heart's in it, but my mind's not. Or there's times when my mind's in it, but my, but my strength is not. There's times where my mind and my heart are somewhere else, but my strength is, is, you know what I mean? And he's saying, hey, why don't we get at this thing firing on all cylinders? Like, look how far you've come. You're functioning. But man, there's so much better. You're doing, but there's a more excellent way that will produce so much more in your life. Spend a few minutes and, and change the blades, and guess what? The next 30 times you mow your grass, you're not going to take as long. And you're going to feel pretty good because all of a sudden it's straight when it cuts it. 
But we're so content. This morning, God is saying, set your heart. Place your mind. Appoint your inner man to honor me. To bring honor to Him. What did He say? I believe that, that, that there's four things that, that He points out about Levi, who was, who was the priest that this all started with. The ways that Levi made sure that he was functioning, the witness in him, that he was functioning the right way. These are what I would call alignment checks. These are points that we can look at ourselves because God pointed out, you're not doing it the right way. You need to set your heart on me. I'm going to rub dung on your face because what you brought me is defiled. Anyway, I mean, I mean he's getting there, but then he says, look at Levi. Look at what Levi has done. Look at what Levi's doing. What does he say about Levi? My covenant was with him. A covenant of life and peace. I gave them to him. And this called for reverence. And he, go ahead and pull that next verse up revered me. He stood in awe of me. There's four things that I think that that he points out about Levi. He revered and stood in awe of God. Of His name. True instruction was in His mouth. Nothing false was found on His lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness and turned many from sin. These are alignment checks in our lives that I believe at times we need to recalibrate. So I want to look at them. And as we look at them today, I want you to put yourself in Levi's shoes. So when we talk about reverence and all, do you have reverence and all for the name of God? Do you have reverence and all for the things that God's done? When we talk about true instruction being in, your, in, in His mouth or, or His walk with God or the product of His walk, which was turning many from sin today, those are, are points of reference. I hope they can be mirrors that we look at that help us say, hey, yeah, I'm not really hitting that mark. Or I'm not really hitting these marks. <laughs> and then it gives us something to aspire to. The first one was, He revered me. He stood in all of my name. I love church. I love what we do. But at times, my, my Catholic background, reverence and all, I mean, that was a big deal. Like the sanctuary, what happened in the room. Sometimes we lose sight of that. Sometimes in our life, we become complacent about the reality of who God is. Sometimes when we talk or when we, when we walk, I think we're, we're losing sight of the reality of the God who is I Am. The one who spoke it all into existence. We say Jesus Christ. We sang about the kingdom of God and and we sang about His kingdom, but sometimes we treat Him not like a king. God was disappointed. He was, he was, he was, you can see the, the, the stirring in God because they didn't have reverence for Him. I mean, they were just bringing whatever. Hey, God, be cool with a disabled sheep that can't do anything. I mean, whatever. Where's our reverence when it comes to God? Where is the all? Like, you know, when you start thinking, like yesterday, uh, Tam was doing a, a devotion with, 
with Avery and started talking about light years and how far light travels in a year. And she said, like, my brain just sometimes gets wrapped up or gets lost in how do they measure how far light travels in a year and those things. And sometimes we lose the awe of God. Like we just talked about last week, Jesus Christ came out of a tomb. He came out of a tomb and brought life to everyone who would believe in Him. That in a moment, He, he destroyed the power of sin and death in our lives. In a moment, He took everything that the devil had been trying to do since Adam and said, it is finished, it is complete. Sometimes we lose the all that comes through that moment. The reality that God would send His one and only Son so that you, you, I mean, He sent Jesus so that you would not perish. Man, sometimes we lose sight of that. The reverence in all. The fact that the one who spoke it all into existence loves me. Walt shared in Sunday school this morning, we prayed for someone. He, he led the church in prayer for for someone last week. And that person said to Trevor on Monday, I know you prayed for me because I felt it. How do we not, how are we not in awe that God would hear us and respond? But we lose sight. We forget about that. Hebrews chapter 12 See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth. How much less will we? If we turn away from him who warns us from heaven. At that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us be thankful. So our wor- And so worship God acceptably. How? With reverence and awe. I mean, how incredible is it that He's allowed me to be a part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken? The kingdom of God cannot be shaken. It will endure. The kingdom of God will continue. What is around us will fade. These chairs will be gone someday. This building will not exist someday. But the promise in the kingdom of God will always be. The assurance of His love, the assurance of His grace, the assurance of His promises will always be. Yet we lose sight. Help me, God. Like, help me... Be in all. For our God is a consuming fire. Philippians chapter 2, And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. There's something in the name of Jesus Christ. He said to have all in reverence for His name, that at the name of Jesus Christ every knee will bow. He said in heaven, on earth, and below the earth. All will know that He is Jesus. He is the One. He is the Messiah. We will all acknowledge that. There's something about His name. 
recalibrate. True instruction was on his mouth. Levi was a priest and guess what he did? He did his job well because he spoke the word of God. True instruction was on his mouth. The priests that he was talking to, their instruction was wrong. They were allowing people to do what wasn't right. They were compromising the gospel. Why? For, for comfort's sake. For convenience sake. I mean, it's easier to ask someone to bring a broken sheep than it is to ask them to bring their best. And so, so, so there wasn't true instruction on their, their lips. Malachi 2, it says, for the, priests, for the lips of a priest ought to, which probably means if God says ought to, it's not doing, the, priests, the lips of a priest ought to preserve knowledge. And from his mouth, men should seek instruction because he's the messenger of the Lord Almighty. That was their job, right? The priest was the messenger of the Lord Almighty. Now let me ask you a question this morning. Who in this room is the messenger of the Lord Almighty? Don't just look at me. Because I'm looking at each one of you. We all should have true instruction on our lips. Reverence in all should challenge us to make sure that true instruction is on our lips. Sometimes we give an easy answer because it sounds right, but it's not according to the Word of God. And we're bringing confusion and misunderstanding. Sometimes saying, I'm not sure, let me look that up, is better than answering off the cuff. It's okay. But we're messengers of the Almighty. And true instruction must be on our lips. All Scripture is God-breathed. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I'm going to tell you there's truth that is yours. It's in the Word of God. If you're wondering what instruction to give, get in the Word. He says it's all God-breathed. Everything in the Scripture, it's God-breathed. It's useful. It's valuable. You're going, to, you're going to teach, you're going to rebuke, you're going to correct, you're going to train. All these things, it's in the Word of God. For the time will come, there's a time coming, and it, it, it probably is already here, when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but, but instead they'll suit their own desires, they'll gather around them a great number of teachers that say what their itching ears want to hear, so they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. That's the, 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 the reality of what is coming. I understand people want to hear something that, that, that isn't necessarily the truth. But I've been called to preach the gospel. So I have to speak the truth. I have to speak what the Word of God says. I have to say what I know His, His Word says. You are witnesses. You are, you are light and salt. We're going to get to that in just a little bit for this earth. So we must speak the truth in love. And I will tell you, as a, as a pastor, there is a, a sense of responsibility that what I'm saying is in line with the Word of God. I don't want to stand up and preach a sermon about aligning ourselves or recalibrating ourselves if it doesn't align with the Word of God. Sometimes you might think I use way too many scriptures. I do that because I want everything to be validated by His Word, not by what pastor's saying. We have the same responsibility. There's someone looking at you and learning who God is through your life. There's someone looking at your life 
and discovering about how to serve God because of the way you're living? Is true instruction on your lips? Is your life a genuine reflection of of what a, a Christ follower, a follower of Christ should look like? Are you squirting a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, and just a little bit down the middle? I want to realign myself. It says, Levi walked with God. Are you walking with God? Do you recognize His hand, His voice, His presence? in your life? If we claim to have fellowship with Him, yet we walk in the darkness, we lie and we do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. Colossians chapter 2 says, So then just as you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, continue to live your lives, how? In Him. Rooted and built up in Him. Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. The reality is our walk is supposed to be with Him. Jesus told the disciples, come follow me. There was something about them walking with Him, about them experiencing His teaching, about them watching His miracles. There was something about them being with Him. God said, I'll send my Son and they will call Him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The reality is God's desire is to walk with us, yet we get so off course. Man, I know. I run ahead. Yeah, get there. Like, God, I know what you want to do, so I want to get there first. Walk with our kids, and one of them's got to be in front, even though they don't know where they're going. It drives me crazy. Graham, usually, and they'll throw a fit if he's not in the front. He's not the leader, but he wants to walk, and he doesn't care if dad's with him or not. So if the bear comes along, it's just going to eat him as a snack, and dad can't do anything about it, but he doesn't care. Let me tell you, God wants to walk with you. He wants you to be rooted and established in Him. If you're rooted in Him, how can you be apart from Him? I'm the vine and you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask what you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. How's your walk? Like, are you walking with Him? Oh, yeah, kind of. You know, like, are you holding hands and talking to Him? Are you experiencing His wisdom? You're experiencing His encouragement, His love, His presence, His power, His protection, His provision. Like, where's that, that walk? I mean, I, got, I know, I can hear His voice sometimes. I know He's there. Well, what are you missing? Like, what aren't you experiencing? The product. Levi's product of his life. It says you turn many from sin. 
The priest turned many from sin. The priests in Malachi were enabling sin in the lives of God's people. And he said, you want to check yourself? You want to align yourself? You better be turning people from sin. The result of our life is light. The result of who we are is light. And if you don't see light around you, then maybe you need to check and see how your light is shining. You're the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You're the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. No, they recalibrate. They put it on its stand. It gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I will tell you, you are called to be salt and light in this earth. When you are salt in life, you will see people turn from their sin. Huh? I can't expect to be light and walk around darkness and expect darkness to remain. Well, maybe if I'm not a very bright light, <laughs> I mean, I'm light enough for me to see, Right? But I'm not going to offend. I'm not going to hurt. I'm not going to. I'm not going to shine anybody's eyes. I mean, it's just going to be good. I mean, just enough light so I can read my Bible at night when it's completely dark all around me, and I can get in the presence of God. No, you're light. The reality is, people should turn from their sin. Well, Pastor, that sounds like the role of the evangelist or the role of the. I mean, I'm just, I'm just a believer. No, it's, it's all of us. We were all given that commission. Going to all the nations, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're all called to be His disciples. How are you doing? You guys can come forward. You know, this morning it's. introspective. Look inwardly. You know, this morning there was a, a, a bar that said, Hi, that's Levi. He was he did a good job. Good job, Levi. Now me. What about you? You know, when it comes to your understanding of God, where's that reverence in all? When it comes to your life, when it comes to your, your, your words, your actions, is there truth on your lips? Like, is your life, your words, your motivations, truth? Is truth coming, coming from you? Or are people confused about who you are in Christ because they see the way you live and what you say? How about your walk? Are you walking with Him or just around Him? Just near Him. Close enough that if I scream loud enough, He can come save me from the fire. Hopefully He gets here before the bear comes.
What about your place as a witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ? How's your light shining? You know, how salty are you? When you're around people, does it just affect them? I know this is a high bar. It's a high standard. We say, Pastor, I can't. That's okay. But I want to I wanna reboot. I want to realign. I want to do the very best that I can possibly do. You see, I've only got one lifetime here on this earth. I've only got one opportunity here in Crawford, Nebraska. We've only got this moment, this day, to share the truth that is Jesus Christ to those who are around us. We've only got this opportunity, this season, to adequately uh, uh, reflect the love of God that we found inside of us. And are we, are you, am I doing the very best that I can do? Am I satisfied with, with, with okay? Am I complacent with, with subpar? It might take some work. Set your heart. Like, take it to heart. Resolve it in your heart. Appoint it in your mind. Make the decision this day, my life, my words, my action, my fruit, what I do, what I say, it's going to honor God. Father, I come this morning and I pray for us all. Everyone in this room. God, I pray that you give us a picture of what can be. Some of us, we function for no long, for so long in dysfunction, we have no idea how good it is to function. God, I pray for a picture of what, what I can look like. God, I pray for a glimpse of of what we can look like, what the church can look like, what what each of us can look like in you. And I pray for intentionality this morning. God, that we would set it in our hearts. We would set it in our hearts that this day, God, would be a day that I'm willing to lay it down. This day would be a day, God, that I'm willing to stand up. This day would be a day, God, that I'm willing to kneel down. This day would be a day, God, where I'm willing to be cleansed. I'm willing to say that sin that has always been, that I've let be and continue because it always will be. I'm willing today to say, God, cleanse me from that completely. God, all that lime, all that hardness that's hindering what you want to accomplish through me. God, I'm willing. I'm asking. I'm yielding. I'm begging that you would take it from me, God. All the garbage that that hinders that that computer that sometimes we have to defragment the computer so it functions well. God, all that, that stuff that's built up that hinders us from functioning, God, I pray you defragment us this day. God, we set our hearts 
honor you. We set our hearts to honor you in Jesus' name. This morning, as Walt and Carrie lead us in this chorus, there was action that was expected from the priests. It wasn't just, uh, hey, do this, but it was, it was a resolve. It was action. This morning, this day, I encourage you to be active. If you want to come to the altar and pray for God to, to work in you, I, I would open the altars that you could come spend some time with Him. If you need to get alone and get in His presence, if you want to confess sin, if you want to acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, whatever, you might say, I've never functioned right. The promise is God's got a plan for your life. That plan was revealed through His Son, Jesus Christ. That plan was so that your sin could no longer define you, but Jesus Christ and the love of God that came through Him would define you. He says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. Maybe that's the recalibration. Maybe that's the alignment you need today. It's just to confess and acknowledge. Maybe you've confessed and acknowledged, but it's been so long you've been functioning this way for such a long time that you're just not even sure what to do. There's something called repentance that means turning away. Then you need to repent. Ask for the blood of Jesus to cleanse you, to remove all that's kept you separate, that you can walk with Him each and every day. So as they lead us in this course, I would open the, the altars. I would encourage you to respond how, how you feel like God is 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 instructing you to respond in Jesus' name. I'm going to dismiss us this morning, but just because I dismissed doesn't mean you have to leave. We can continue the, the sanctuary being a presence of God, the power of God. Some of us, it takes us longer to recalibrate. I get it. Some of you might have recalibrated today and maybe you need to recalibrate tomorrow. That's okay too. Right? The Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, may He turn His face towards you and grant you His peace. And may you live in the fullness of the purpose God has for your life. Setting your heart to honor God. Amen? Be blessed.